What's up, Penguins fans? Happy Tuesday, November 8th. Have a big episode for you all today. I don't know if you, if those that are watching on YouTube, uh, Mr. Man, aka the Grand Admiral Thrawn, is on the bed, the Black Lab. He is just hanging out behind me because, you know, maybe this will bring the Penguins some good luck on Wednesday. But to start off the show, we're going to go into some big changes to the Penguins lineup that you all will likely see on Wednesday night down here in Washington, D.C. as the Penguins try to break their losing streak. And then we will preview the game against the Capitals, go over their lines, go over how they looked against the Oilers, and go into some keys for how the Penguins can snap their losing streak and also beat um, a team that's kind of in a similar situation to where the Penguins are at. So that's all coming up for today's episode, and it'll be right after this. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at MLS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. It's a little bit later than I'm recording. Just, you know, I had a busy day with work and I've got a couple of other things I had to attend to, but no, still want, obviously had to turn on an episode for you all and talk about this wonderful hockey team that we have here, even though the vibes are still <clears throat> not the greatest. So Penguins, they had their first full practice of the week this week. Kind of, kind of was like an optional Thing on Monday, same thing on Sunday. And Mike Sullivan has made some massive changes for those that are not on social media, those that you know don't go on the Penguins app or something, and you know, look at the interviews when you come here for your news. There's a lot of big changes. So the top six remains the same. That's really the only thing that remains the same. Gensel Crosby, Rust, Zucker, Malk, and Raquel. You all know my thoughts on that. I would put Raquel up on the top line. I would put Brian Rust with back with Evgeny Malkin. I think Rust has been better with Malkin this season. I think Raquel has been better with Crosby. But after that, there are some changes. So Brock McGinn is with Jeff Carter and Danton Heinen. Don't understand what, what Brock McGinn has done to earn third-line minutes. And then Philip Hollander is with Ryan Paling and Josh Archibald. So it looks like Archibald is going to be back in the lineup in D.C. He just missed had to miss that one game. Looks like he's good to go. So those are your top four lines. And I'm sure you're probably wondering, where's Kasperi Kaplan? Well, he was skating with the extras today, Sam Poulin, Teddy Bluger. I know Bluger is traveling with the team to Washington right now. It looks like he's still going to be a healthy scratch. I believe that has something to do with them just not having the cap space to activate him. I know Taylor Haas was talking about how, because um, they sent down Drew O'Connor, uh, if they were going to activate <coughs> Bluger off LTIR, they would have to send Poulin down. And honestly, they might have to send Hollander down. As well, the fact that they haven't sent anyone else down leads me to believe that Bluger is not going to be playing on Wednesday. I think he's getting close. I think it's just a matter of, you know, them not rushing him back and also just, you know, salary cap wise, you know, figuring some stuff out. But Hollander, it looks like he's going to be making his season debut for the Penguins on Wednesday against the Capitals. You know, he's been pretty good down Wilkesbury so far. You know, Mike Sullivan was very complimentary of, of him after practice today, said, you know, he just plays in all-around good team game. He's very fast, has a nice shot. Um, you know, he said they've been watching him really closely down in Wilkesbury so far, and he was very deserving of the call-up. And, you know, he's going to get the first crack. Um, well, he's going to get at least <clears throat> one crack 
at being on the on the fourth line with Thalen and Archibald. And yes, Kasperi Kapanen looks like he's going to be a healthy scratch. And that's good for this team. You know, he needs to earn his way into the lineup. You know, you can't be just, you can't just have him keep stealing 3.2 million from you um, at this one. I think this is a good message for Mike Sullivan to send him. So you say, to say, you know, yay, I know you make 3.2 million, but you've been playing like crap. And when you play like crap, there's consequences and we're going to put you on the bench and we're going to allow some younger, you know, some younger players, excuse me. Um, I just lost my train of thought there. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. We're going to allow some younger players to come in and try to prove themselves over you just because you have one goal and 12 games season. You have three game, three goals in your last 50 plus games as a member of the penguins. You know, you're not just going to be given a roster spot. So, I really like that decision from Mike Sullivan. And then defensively, this is where <clears throat> the big changes were made. Marcus Pedersen is finally up with Chris Letang. God bless the Lord. He deserves to play with Letang right now. I'm going to go into some numbers in just a little bit. P.O. Joseph is with Jeff Petrie. Again, I think that's very deserving for POJ. He's been really good since you know being a full-time member of this team. And then Brian Dumoulin was down with Jan Ruta. So, again, my overall thoughts, I'm really happy with those new <clears throat> defensive pairs. And, you know, Mike Sullivan even said, you know, we, we want to try some new stuff. The same stuff is not working. You know, we'll have to see if this can provide, I guess, a little bit of a spark. And, you know, Pedersen, he has played his way into that role. You know, if you look at um, Jay Fresh, uh, you know, stuff from Jay Fresh Hockey, expected goals for, uh, for versus expected goals against, Pedersen is in that right corner with two-way dominance, and he's the highest above anyone of the defense. You know, Latang is kind of in the everything is happening category. Dumoulin's a little bit down there. Jan Ruta's kind of in that two-way dominance with Jeff Petrie, but it's kind of on the line between him and Low Event. But Pedersen is way up there with, you know, 3.5 goals, expected goals for per 60, and expected goals against per 60. He's only at about that 2.2 expected goals against per 60. Really solid stuff so far from uh, Pedersen. He's kind of been carrying Petrie's corpse around all year. And this is right off the back of a very strong 2021-2022 season, you know, again, from a defensive perspective. So <clears throat> I, I really do think that this could do wonders for Latang. People have been, I guess, a little nervous because Tanger has not been off to that great of a start. You know, I mean, I've been saying that too, but could could this be the key to unlocking him more offensively and to have him not worry as much about Doom Moon's deficiencies? I think this could be huge for him in that regard. And again, with the numbers for Pedersen, he's been excellent to start this season. So I am fully on board with that move. POJ, he's also been crushing bottom pairing minutes. It's time to see what he can do in a top four role. You know, maybe he'll be able to also carry Petrie's corpse around, but, you know, maybe it's the opposite where Petrie's able to, you know, help Joseph a little bit. And, you know, even though he'll be playing more minutes, no, I still think he should be able to be fine. As long as he's not playing in like as on the top pairing, that's okay. And then with Dumoulin and Ruta, I think I, I've been saying this a lot on my episodes. They were never going to scratch him. The Penguins have too much respect for Brian Dumoulin with what he has helped them accomplish over the years and the fact that he also makes a lot of money. They're not just going to put him in the press box when he's making $4 million. I mean, that's just a waste. What they're going to do, and I understand the reasoning for it, 
They're going to say, hey, we're going to put you on the bottom pairing. We know you're struggling. We're going to have you go up against some of those third and fourth liners like Jan Ruta has done. And if you're able to crush those and you're able to turn your game around a little bit, we'll give you more minutes again. If not, you're just going to stay down there a la Mike Matheson, a la Cody Cece these last couple of years. <clears throat> Matheson, <clears throat> he was, <clears throat> how do I want to say this? I think Matheson was really good for this team, but again, he also crushed low deployment pairing, low, low, low deployment numbers just because he wasn't going out against the top competition. That is what, one of the main reasons why he had one of the best years of his career last year. Now, am I going to say that Dumoulin is going to do the same thing here? I don't know. Probably not just because he's looked washed to start the season, but you know, I see the reasoning for it. Hey, we're going to give you maybe 13, 14 minutes a night. You're not going to be playing 23 to 24th. Let's say, see how you can do against players who, you know, are not as good in the lineup. And if your numbers improve, that's big. So I definitely understand where the Penguins are coming from with that. I like these defensive pairings. I think you all should too. I know, it, again, some people are going to be mad that Dumoulin is still in the lineup, but at the end of the day, ends, you know, they, they were not going to scratch him. That's just, that was not going to happen. And then I would assume that Casey, just, well, not Casey Smith, excuse me. I would also assume that uh, Tristan Jari will start against Washington Power Play. Same stuff, Crosby, Gensel, Rust, Malkin, Latang. Second power play, Jason Zucker, Danton Heinen, Ricard Raquel, Jeff Petrie. Jeff Carter, for <clears throat> some divine reason, he's on the second power play unit. Um, Ryan Paling, Brock McGinn, Diane, Brian Dumoulin, and Jan Ruta as the first PK unit. And then PK2, Archibald Hollander, Pedersen, Ruedel. That first PK unit, I just don't really know if that's going to fix a lot. Dumoulin has not been good on the PK this year. McGinn <clears throat> hasn't really been doing that much on the unit either, and I'm not really sure if Paling is that good of a penalty killer? I would honestly just put some of those players on from the second unit onto the first unit and, and see how that goes. Um, excuse me. And again, I, I, every time I start recording, there's just some sort of weird cough that I get. I don't know. But so that wraps up this first segment by going over the lineup for the game against Washington, looking over at some changes, get my thoughts on those, and let me know what you all think. Do you all agree? With the changes that Mike Sullivan is making, would you prefer to see other changes that he hasn't made? Let me down that down in the comments on YouTube. You can also send me DMs and stuff on social media. If you're on social media, would love to hear from you all on that. Now, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into um, a full preview for the game against Washington. But before we get to that, my wonderful little bet online thing for everyone that watches on YouTube. It's your number one source for our sports betting info, news, and analysis this season. You can you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betaline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. That has been online where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Sorry about that. I didn't even hit me with my mic for just a second. But so, first Penguins Caps meeting 
of the year. It's kind of similar to when they met for the first time last year. I believe that game was on November 14th, the day before my birthday, and that was the game the Penguins got absolutely walloped. Um, it's funny. They, they, they played Ottawa the night before. They got crushed there, and then they got crushed out in Washington. That was when they just had their bad start to the season when they were way out of the playoff race. I know they didn't have Sid and Gino for all of those games. I believe the game against Washington was Sid's first game of the year. Um, you know, he was just coming back from COVID, coming back from the wrist injury. But, you know, the Penguins, they got absolutely embarrassed in that game. But the Capitals so far this season, 6-6-2, six and six and two, definitely been inconsistent. They had lost four in a row prior to their game on Monday night, that game that they beat the Edmonton Oilers by a score of 5-4. to four. That was a close game throughout. You know, the Capitals were up one nothing. Um, going into this uh, second period, they were up four to two. Going into the third, the Oilers were able to make it a one goal game numerous times, but the Capitals were able to win that game five to four. Alex Ovechkin ha- um, had a goal. Dylan Strom had two. Kuznetsov had two. He's been playing a little bit better as of late. Strom has been a really good acquisition for them. Ovechkin's going to you know, do Ovechkin kind of things. You all, we all know he's the greatest goal scorer to ever live. But this is a Capitals team that is very banged up right now. You know, you're going to be seeing um, some familiar faces in the lineup. You're also going to be seeing some players that will not be in the lineup. You know, you look right here, their top line, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Connor Sherry. Yes, Connor Sherry is getting top line minutes. With them, Sonny Milano with Dylan Strom and Marcus Johansson. You know, second line, eh, you know, it, it could be a little bit better. But, you know, this is also a team that's missing Tom Wilson, and they're missing Nicholas Backstrom. And, and I think Wilson's expected to come back. December, January, I have no idea when Backstrom is expected to come back. I don't even know if he's going to play this year. That's his goal, but, you know, he's been battling a serious back, a back you know, or hip issue for the last little while. Re- really hope that he's able to recover from that because he's been one of the league's most underrated playmakers for a lot of his career. And it's it would be really unfortunate if, if, that, if his career was cut short due to that injury. Um, so that's their second line. So Milano was just picked up um, about a couple of weeks ago. I think he started in the, in the AHL, was called up. Dylan Strom, really nice signing by them over the offseason. He played really well in Chicago last year. And then their third line, Anthony Mantha, Lars Eller, and Nicola, Nicholas Abe-Kubel. Mantha has not been as good as some expected him to be after he came over in the Verona trade. You know, Verona is dealing with some off-the-ice stuff right now, which is really unfortunate. Wish him the best of luck. But, you know, Mantha, he's good in spurts, but he's also just been really banged up ever since he came over to Washington. And then Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway on their fourth line. Defensively, Eric Gustafson, Trevor Van Reevesdyke, Martin Ferrari, Nick Jensen, Matt Irwin, Lucas Johansson. Uh, They are missing Dimitri Orlov and John Carlson right now. Carlson was expected to play on Monday, but they held him out. I think or they also held Orlov out as well. Right now, I'm not sure if they're going to play on Wednesday. They both have been practicing a little bit with the team. They've been skating a bit. Um, so I would not be surprised if they do play. If they don't play, the, again, those are two massive losses. Orlov, um, great top four defender. Then Carlson, you know, you, you know you're going to get a lot of offense uh, from him. So if um, if Carlson's in the lineup, you know, expect him to be back on that top pairing. And then Orlov, you know, he'll probably be um, on that second pairing with Nick Jensen or something like that. Um, Darcy Kemper, Charlie Lindgren as their goalies, I would assume Kemper will start in this one. But, you know, this is this is always a fun game to watch. It's always a fun game to cover. Pens, Caps, 
it's one of the best rivalries in the league. You know, it's a rivalry that I've been a part of for most of my life, I think at this point. And, you know, it's two teams that don't like each other. The fan bases absolutely can't stand each other. You know, I went to school in Northern Virginia. I know a lot of Caps fans. Don't get me wrong here. So, um, you know, I, I think in my opinion, it's the Penguins' biggest rival. <laughs> I, it, it's close. I would say that rivalry's gone downhill the last few years. Rangers is definitely up with each other. And again, the teams as well, you know, with you know, Tom Wilson on one side and Gino has done some stuff at times and, you know, TJ Oshie as well. And of course I didn't even, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Oshie will not be playing um, in this game. He is hurt right now. He's going to be hurt. I mean, he's on injured reserve. Connor Brown, he is also going to be out for this game. So the Capitals are down one, two, three, four. They are down four of their regular forwards. In this game, honestly, four of their top four of their top nine forwards, I should say. So they come into this game very banged up. And again, if John Carlson or Dmitry Orlov don't play two of their top defensemen, so this is the game the Penguins they can definitely win this one, especially just because Washington has been struggling as of late. But I do think the Capitals they were able to figure some things out against the Oilers, and you know they're going to come out with a house on fire, especially just in, it's a, it's a rivalry game. It's in DC. Um, they're going to be fired up for. This one, but again, I think it's one of the best rivalries in hockey. I think it's the Penguins' biggest rival, and it's not going to have that same oomph just because a player like Wilson's not playing, a player like Oh, she's not playing. That's a player that I know a lot of Penguins fans do not like uh, for multiple reasons. But you know, whenever these two teams play, you're always going to have something that happens. The, the games are always crazy. Um, you know, the Capitals last year they took three out of four against the Penguins. You know, that's, I think, the first time they've won the season series. I think it's the first time they won the season series in, like, six, seven years. It's usually a split, or it's usually in the Penguins' favor. They don't usually lose three out of four to the Capitals that often. But, you know, I guess the big keys for the Penguins, you know, just, you know, getting Kemper's grill. He struggled to start this season. He just hasn't been as consistent as he was in Colorado, you know, you got to be all over them early. This is a team that's very banged up, you know, especially also if they don't have two of their best defensemen available. Forward-wise, the Penguins come into this as the deeper team. They have to exploit that. I really want to see how those new defensive pairings are, you know, can't be turning the puck over that much, especially to a team that has the greatest goal score to ever live. Evgeny Kuznetsov has been heating up lately. It seems like Connor Sherry always scores against the Penguins, no matter where he is, whether it's Washington or Buffalo, he's kind of just turning into Jordan Eberle um, at this point. And of course, if you can keep the Caps off the power play, that is huge. I, I've always said I think they have one of the most mint power plays in the league. You know, they can set it up like it's no one's business. And yeah, they don't have they don't have Oshie on that unit right now. They don't have Backstrom. They don't have Wilson. But when you have Ovechkin at the left circle, when you have Kuznetsov down low, it's it's still a good unit. And yeah, you know, Gustafson's been at the point running things and Johansson, Dylan Strom, it's not as scary. But again, if Carlson comes back, he can bomb it from the point. Ovechkin, you know what you're going to get from him. And Kuznetsov's a very silky playmaker. So, you know, they're not as healthy, but going up against a, a Penguin penalty kill that's been really bad for most of the season, I don't even know if their lack of health is, you know, is going to, you know, you, you all know what I'm trying to say. 
on that. I don't really think that would make that much of a difference just because the Penguins' PK has not been that good to start this season. So that's um, a nice little look at what to expect from the Capitals in this game. You know, I thought they played really well against the Oilers. I was actually able to tune in that game and have my ears bleed a little bit when I watched, listen to Joe Beninati. Honestly, I really won't dump on Joe Beninati. I think he's a great color. I think he's a great play by Blaine Elzer. I think he's probably one of the best in the league. It's Craig Lawson that I'm just like, okay, I don't really, you know, <clears throat> some of his takes are just a little much, but you know, I thought they played well in that game. That was probably their best performance in over a week. You know, that they beat a Oilers team that's, you know, was well-regarded as one of the top teams in the West. So this will be interesting. It's a big test for the Penguins and a team that badly, and I mean badly, needs a win right now. So still a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. But before I get to that, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. You can order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. That's a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top rated Simply Safe app, you can also stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm or disarm it, unlock for a guest that wants to come in, access your camera, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to stay big on the only security system that I recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Elementary Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, although the Penguins were, again, they're saying all the right things after practice. We'll talk about how you know, it's kind of put up or shut up time. Sidney Crosby you know, gathered the team around at center ice today to really speak to them. Apparently there were some laughs that were had, but you know, also had a serious conversation. I'll keep saying this to you. And if there's anyone that's going to lead the team back out of this rut and back into the playoff picture, it's going to be Sid. He's led this team for the last, well, over the last decade and a half at this point, he is going to continue to do that for as long as he is here. Kenny Malkin, he's also going to have to keep playing well. You know, I, I'm hopeful that the Penguins are able to get more goals outside of their top six tomorrow against Washington and also out more outside of Josh Archibald. I would love to see someone like Danton Heinen finally step up. Love to see Jeff Carter finally play well. It looks like he is going to be making his return as well after staying out for a couple of games. Um, I know some people have been, again, waiting for Teddy Bluger to come back, but, you know, I think at this point it's just a, a wait and see process. But, you know, I know everyone is just dying for a win. I get it. <laughs> but if anyone is going to lead them out of this, it's going to be the captain. Um, you know, Mike Sullivan is just going to keep, you know, relaying, I guess, that same message to them, you know, to get them out of this streak. I will also repeat this to Yens. 
I don't think they were as good as that 4-0-1 start, but I also don't think they're nearly as bad as this 0-6-1 losing streak. They should have had at least three wins out of this. I think I think their last three games, I think they should have won all three, my opinion. I think if they would have had better goaltending in the Boston one, better goaltending in the Buffalo one, and if they were able to finish their chances more often against Seattle and also not had puck luck go against them, they win all three of these games, and I think we're looking at this game a lot differently right now. So we'll see. I'm not going to make a prediction one way or another, um, but obviously it would behoove the team to win this one. You know, this is it's a rivalry game. You're down in D.C. There's obviously going to be a lot of Penguins fans there. You got the Penguins Pens fans will be at the steps after if they're able to get that win. That's one of my favorite parts um, of going to games there and just, you know, watching, you know, videos on social media i i was at the steps a few times a few years ago and um it was it was so much fun so you know if this, if this game can't get them out of it you know i don't really know what will and it, it doesn't get any easier after this you go to toronto on friday they go to montreal on saturday they go to toronto they, toronto comes to pittsburgh next week and then the schedule just you know it continues to get tough so you know they're not going to lose every game forever I, i'll say that i don't think they're going to lose something like 10 in a row god forbid but you know, it would very much behoove them uh, to win this game. So that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. I will have a full game recap episode coming up for you all directly after tomorrow night's game. Remember, I believe that is a t- the game is on TNT. It's their first game of their doubleheader. So look for it on that channel um, if you still have cable in your house. And I'll have a full game recap episode coming up right after that. Thursday, I'll have a full preview episode for the game on Friday against Toronto. And then Friday, I will recap that game after the game is over. And that will be your episodes for this week. Just had to plan it out for you all. So again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. I hope you all got something out of it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And I'll talk with you all on Wednesday. We'll see if they can get that win.